Hear the word of God from Luke chapter 1, verses 46 through 55. This reading comes from the New Revised Standard Version, and it is found on page 832 in the Pew Bible. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely, from now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Light. Light. That's what I remember most about that night. It was so long ago, but to me it seems like it was just yesterday. I remember I was sitting on the cot in my parents' home. The rest of the family was outside where it was cooler. And I myself was lost in a daydream, which was not that unusual, being a girl of 14 who was experiencing the moods, you know, those conflicting thoughts and emotions of a teenager. It would soon be time for bed, another day over, another day bringing me closer to my marriage day. Oh, I had long since admired Joseph of the house of David. Our wedding had been arranged the day I was born. He was strong and tall, and when he spoke, he was kind and gentle. He would be a good husband, and we would be happy together. Oh, and then all of a sudden, my room was filled with the most amazingly bright light, and a voice, a soft, melodious voice said, Hail, favored one. Well, this time I thought I really was asleep and dreaming because that voice called me favored one. And it continued, do not be afraid. That's a good one. My heart was pounding, my breathing was rapid, and I was very much afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God, and you shall conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus And he went on to tell me that this child would be great and would establish a kingdom on earth. Well, I was stunned, but I protested, saying, I'm not married yet to Joseph, and we don't live together. And with that, this angel, this light being, said that the Holy Spirit would come upon me and the child. This child was the Holy Son of God, the promised one, the Messiah. Was God choosing me? to be a vehicle for the blessing of the ages. I was humbled and frightened, but I said, let it be with me according to your word. With that, the light completely filled my room. It was all around me. It was above me and beside me. I was totally absorbed in the light. And then, 
It was gone. It was dark. It was night. It was silent. I heard my family coming in from outside, so I quickly lay down on my cot. And as the magnitude of what was happening to me began to dawn on me, I trembled. Before the angel left, he told me that my cousin Elizabeth was going to have a child. Well, I was surprised but very pleased because one of the great sadnesses of her life was that she was old and unable to have children. And I myself needed time to get away and to think. So I went to see Elizabeth in Judea. And as I walked there, my mind whirled. I now understood that I was to be the mother of the Messiah. Father talked so often about the Messiah from what he learned from the religious priest and the scribes in the temple. They were long awaiting this one whose birth was foretold by the prophets of old. I myself couldn't understand how a baby could do all the things expected of a Messiah. I worried a lot in those days. <laughs> I worried a lot. I worried about how to tell my parents. And Joseph, gentle Joseph, would he believe me? Would anyone believe me? Or would they take me to the very center of the village and stone me? But yet I believe that I was doing what God wanted me to do, and I believe that somehow God would protect me. And I felt humbled and honored to be playing this role and in fact, as unusual as my story was, it was not that different from the way God had worked in times past. I mean, Sarah and Hannah, both childless, both had children whose births were foretold by God and now played an important role in the history of my nation. And my cousin Elizabeth, now she was pregnant. It would be a good test to see if she believed me. Perhaps. She could help me think of a way to tell my parents. So I hurried on to Elizabeth's house before dark. And I stood there in the threshold and I called out to her. And when she came, she smiled. And then she jumped back as though she was in pain and she held her protruding belly. And she said, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And then she told me how when I spoke her name, the baby inside of her leapt with joy. I was overwhelmed by her love and acceptance. And I began to realize the role I was being asked to play. I was so touched by her welcome that I cried. And I sang a song of praise to God, the Mighty One, for allowing me to play this important role. I stayed with Elizabeth for three months. Her husband, Zechariah, was mute because he had doubted the promise from God that they would have a child. But Elizabeth and I, we made up for it. We talked and we laughed and we prayed. 
asking for strength and courage to play well this role that was being asked of us. keep from crying out in pain. I was on a different road now, this time with Joseph heading to Bethlehem. It's 80 miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem, and I rode it on the back of a small donkey, and I felt each hoofbeat. The journey had been difficult in many ways since the night the light accosted me. My parents, they eventually came around. And were pleased that I had found favor with God. But Joseph, oh gentle Joseph, he was so angry. He had to clench his teeth to keep from calling me a betrayer. The veins in his neck were poking out. He was so mad and he said, go back to your father's house. I did. I lay on my cot for two whole days. And finally, he came to the house and asked if he could speak with me. And I could tell that something was different about him as he took my hand and led me to the bench outside. He told me of a dream he had had and of the assurance he had received from God that my story was true and he promised to stay with me until the baby was born. And then afterwards, we would be married. Well, life was a little easier after that. Oh, sure, when I went to the village, I had to endure the stairs and listen to the murmurings. But I was confident that I was doing the will of God. And I was extremely confident that this child could help even those busybodies of Nazareth. Well, one day, a Roman courier came and told us that all those in the lineage of the house of David would have to go to Bethlehem to be enrolled in the census. And that meant that Joseph and I would have to go. But the timing could not have been worse because the baby was soon due. When we finally got to Bethlehem, it was loud and so crowded. People were everywhere. They were on the streets with their cooking fires and vendors were selling food and the smells of them, that smoke, it made me nauseated. I'd also been having fleeting pains all day and now they were growing in intensity and frequency. Joseph, he recognized my discomfort and he was panicked because there was no room for us that place. There was no guest room available anywhere. Finally, there was one inn up ahead, and Joseph asked the innkeeper if we could stay, and I saw him shake his head no. We didn't know what we were going to do. But that innkeeper asked us to follow him around to the back of the inn, to the stable. It smelled of hay and animals, but I far preferred those smells to that smoky cooking fire outside. And it was there in that stable that Joseph, gentle Joseph, midwifed the baby Jesus, who cried loudly when he was born. Oh, we cleaned him up and we wrapped him in some cloth that I'd brought from home. And as I looked down at him with wonder and awe 
my heart completely filled with joy and love. And I looked up and I noticed a single tear coming down the face of Joseph. We're on a different road now, this time headed to Jerusalem. For we had to dedicate the baby, Jesus, to God and had to allow me a chance to observe the prescribed purification rites after childbirth. The steady walking pace allowed Jesus to fall asleep and it gave me a chance to think about all the strange comings and goings the night of his birth. There were shepherds that came. Shepherds. They're outcast in our society, but they told of hearing the news from an angelic choir that sent them to the stable. It was funny. The shepherds were there to worship the baby Jesus, but the religious leaders of the day, who had been waiting and waiting for the Messiah, they were strangely absent. And there was light that night, too, Oh, a brilliant star rested above the stable where we were, and it chased away all the darkness of the night. As we began to get closer to Jerusalem, we could see the temple up ahead. It was gleaming in the morning sun. And as I looked down at my homespun gown and, and Joseph's threadbare cloak, I knew we would be out of place. But we must do our duty we couldn't afford a lamb or a goat, but we saved our coins and we bought a pigeon, a turtle dove, which would be an acceptable sacrifice, but it would mark us as poor people. As we were just about to go in, a man came running towards us. His hair and beard were waving wildly in the wind, and he reached out his arms and asked if he could hold the baby. I was kind of frightened at first, but he held him, this man named Simeon, and a broad smile came across his face as he sincerely said, I have waited to see the Messiah before I die. And then he said some strange prophecies about Jesus' life. And he looked at me and told me, that a sword would pierce my soul. I didn't know what he meant, but it made me feel very uncomfortable. And then another person came, a woman. She was dressed in the clothes of a prophetess. Her name was Anna. She fasted and prayed every day in the temple. And when she saw the baby, she smiled and started praising God and said, the redemption of Jerusalem. I pondered both of these encounters as I watched them go across the temple court and we went in to fulfill our obligations. Odd, mystified grateful. These are the words that describe my relationship with my son. 
Through the years I have pondered the meaning of his life, the meaning of my life. The light that came in through me did not help me clearly understand it all. The warm welcome I received from Elizabeth, the angel choir that brought shepherds to the stable, the dark, gnarly hands of the man, Simeon, who held the chubby baby Jesus, the, the visit from three wise men that came bringing strange gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh, the blessing from Anna, oh, and the desperate flight into Egypt to escape Herod. All of these thoughts go in and out of my mind, snippets of our life together, parts of our past. Simeon's words were true, despite all that Jesus did, despite all that he taught, all that he healed, all the ways that he loved, despite all of it. Nails pierced his hands, and a sword pierced my heart. I'm not bitter. I don't understand it all, but I'm not bitter. I believe that somehow it's a part of God's mystery for all of humanity. You know, it seems that the world is just as dark as it was when Jesus was born. War and evil and violence, they continue to lure us away from the love that Jesus lived and taught. But on this holy season of his birth, I am confident of one thing. The light has come and nothing Nothing on this earth can overcome it. The light has come. The light is here. And I pray that you and I would open up ourselves so fully to this light. And let us take it into every corner of this world. Friends, let us be bearers of Christ's light.